You have now arrived at Stadium Engel. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's Uncle Silk. It's your boy 35, All American. And it's All America Dan. All America Dan. I don't know you, how you hey, put hey, all that shit together like that. Yes, I like I see what you did there. Hey, Dan got a new new name every week. I do. Try to try to keep it, you know, fresh, try to keep you know people on their toes, you know. You, yeah, you just like lying, though. You lied about the cannon. Now you lying about being all American. You just like lying, bro. Lied <laughs> about the cannon's there. It was my, yeah, but I mean, technically Dan didn't lie. But you know what? This is another week. Ahmad Silk. It's another week and another week where I have shot a cannon in my life, and another week where you still have not shot a cannon in your I've life. I've shot plenty of firecrackers, Dan. I promise you, Dan. I, Dan, I, I may have shot a cannon or two back in my day. Mm-hmm. Okay. No. He played the month. They let you fire it off. That's what I'm trying to tell you, Dan. I was on the ship a couple times. I wasn't that long, Dan. But shit, so you know okay. I had to. I wasn't that long. I had a cup of coffee and, and was off the team, Dan. But shit, I you know I had to. They let you fire it off twice. Yeah, one or two times. Probably why they they cut me because I fired. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up, man. We got an action packed show, dog. We about to hang out big time. Um, big guests, coaching staff hanging out with us. Uh. That's kid. Before we get into it, which I was, which I was up to this weekend, which y'all get into. Oh man, I hung out with the in laws. Uh, you know, I, 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 it's nothing like a weekend with the in laws or my parents. It's just we just enjoy going down there and spending time because we, we up in right. Gainesville, we hardly get to see them or whatnot, man. So, uh, we hung out there and, um, you know, had a phenomenal time. Went to the beach with the family and took my son to the beach for the first time. Got his little feet in the water, so he he didn't know how to act. Man, we, we put his feet in the, in the sand and the water, and he was just trying to dig his feet in. And, I love it. So, uh, you know, just got that opportunity, um, you know, but other than that, it's back in Gainesville, living a life. What about you, Dan? That's right. No, not much, guys. Just uh, spent some time at the pool on uh, on Sunday. But other than that, just kind of a relaxing weekend I need. I've been running a million miles a minute. So uh, just kind of a relaxing weekend. Didn't do uh, didn't do all too much, but, uh, you know, I needed it. What about you, Silk? Same thing, man. A lot of relaxation. I did. I work, but work ain't work. You know what I'm saying? Just podcasts and stuff and getting stuff for the building uh, that we got. We acquired a Big B roll-up studio in Orlando. So just all weekend, um, just looking at stuff for that, trying to figure out exactly what we're going to do there, man. Um, and I didn't get out of the house. I didn't leave the house one time this weekend, bro. Like, not even to go grocery shop. Hey, so I don't, mean to, I don't mean to interrupt, but elaborate a little bit on the – on uh, the big three roll up new building and whatnot. I saw that. You yeah, know, tell everybody about our new yeah, studio. Tell everybody about, tell everybody about you know, what we got yeah, going on. It's definitely on. ours. It's definitely ours, man. It's available okay. to the whole network. Uh, we plan on having like, it's, it's, it's got like five or six rooms in it. I'm mean, like, I'm forgetting. And it has a conference room that we're going to turn into something. But uh, a, a couple of film rooms, different atmospheres, uh, a cigar room. Uh, a whiskey room. We're doing some different stuff, man. It's going to be a whole vibe. Um, we got a merch store when you first walk in. So it's like a little merch glass office where we're going to have. You can purchase some of the uh, Stadium and Gale merch, anything from the network, and also other stuff, man. Fan gear and shit, man. So uh, we got a big bay in the back. 
if you want to shoot and throw like events we can um so we're gonna get funky with this thing it's in central florida we got some athletes that's already hitting us up like pro guys like yo when y'all get that up and running i want to come through we got comedians that want to come that's hang out with us benji dope. around them yeah we get players vibing in the building loungy that's feeling. what i'm saying so yeah so yeah we, we, we can even you know make it like a little lounge when players come you know that's what it is get a little dj and whatnot and, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll i can go on the ones and twos guys if you need and, and kick back and we keeping the set we keeping a dj set yeah. we're getting our own dj yeah. set to have in the building man. no dan is banned dan is banned from being behind the booth bro i'm, I'm, not, gonna, let dan, I'm gonna let dan get him a couple until, until he hang himself until he hang himself yeah, until he gotta let him get the bluetooth man then once the crowd starts <laughs> saying hey man, it ain't that type of shindig bro you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, super, uh, super proud of what you, Newberg, TJ, and the rest of the uh, the crew are doing. Kev, obviously, and, and the rest of us. It's been a it's been a fun ride. We're glad to be a part of uh, glad to be a part of the network. Speaking of the shop, uh, before we before we go on, two big things uh, that we want to talk about. Number one, we added some new merch to the shop. We added some new hats. On a new design of a new hat, which is going to be absolute fire, uh, and then we add new masks. So you know, wear a mask. The more you wear a mask, the likelier uh, that football is going to come back in the fall. So uh, so do that. But check out stadiumandgale.com/shop. And also, we haven't done this in a while. If you could um, go to iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Go ahead and rank and review us if you could. Uh, five stars would be awesome. Nice little review would be awesome. Uh, it just helps with algorithms, all that kind of fun stuff. So if you could do that, uh, that would be awesome. So a little shameless plug there. Uh, but uh, other than that, you guys, boys, are watching anything good on TV? No shameless plugs, Max. I'm about to swap my hats. I just text my wife to bring my stadium and hat. I got my Jag hat. I don't want to mess the hat up. I'll be honest with you. You know what I'm saying? I wore it one time. I, wore, yeah. it's I ain't going to lie. Dan, the, the dad, Sadie Miguel hat fit my head so perfect. Like, it's perfect, bro. So uh, I'm, I'm a stickler. I'm, I'm a guy that like, I like to work out in hats, but there's no way I'm working out in my Sadie Miguel hat. Oh, no. I think, I think we still no have way. We still have like six more blue hats. All the gray and white hats are sold out. We put another order. Those will be coming back soon. And then we got those other ones. I mean, you guys have seen what they're going to look like. They're going to be yeah, absolute fire um, yeah. when, when they come out. Uh, and then the masks, the masks dropped, and those will be shipped out uh, here as soon as we get them. So probably within the last week or within the next week, uh, you can go on our website and buy them again, stadiumgill.com slash shop. But those are great hats. Shout out to the uh, to the boys over at Dome Hats, uh, two, uh, two Gator guys. Uh, Jeff Whitaker is the CEO uh, over there. So big shout out to uh, the guys over at, uh, at Dome Hats. That's what's up. Dome has is with the shits, man. I like it, man. They making us some some. Hey, 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 question. I didn't know they were Gator alum. That's even better. Question, question. You know, I know right hey, now. With, with COVID, too, my bad. Shout out to COVID out right now, and whatnot. But still, you know, people trying to still kind of somewhat stay in shape. We need to look on get some more some more uh, workout gear as I well for the people. You know, yeah. I'll put y'all some already. Y'all y'all listen y'all listen to us when y'all work out. Might as well wear us when you work out too. That's oh, right. already. I guess you drive know, stuff going. Yeah, bro. Get an All American Dan shirt for you guys. Because I, I walked in there with, with the All American black shirt one day in the workout, and dude was like pointing at me. He like, I, I, I knew you look familiar. So like, I, so I already know people pay attention to my shirt when I'm in the gym. So I need a stadium, Miguel. I get it all the time, bro. the All American. We gotta get Dan All American shirt, man. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Uh, all right, boys. We got an action pack show. We got Connor on. We got volleyball coach Mary Wise on, and then we got linebacker coach Christian Robinson on. Uh, so let's get to the show. Uh, as always, 
show is sponsored to you by our good friends over at the Thomas Firm, uh, which is going to handle all legal matters regarding your insurance claim for profit damage to your home or business. Uh, their lawyers have over 20 years of experience handling roof damage and leaks from storms, water damage, hail damage, hurricanes, sinkholes, fires. We're right in the middle of hurricane season. So definitely uh, consider reaching out. Something does happen. They work all state of Florida. No claim is too big or too small. So if you suspect that your home uh, has any damage, give the Thomas firm a call for your free consultation to ensure that your insurance company is going to pay what they're owed for the complete repair for your home. Again, give them a call, 813-221-2525, 813-221-2525. All right, boys, we got Connor waiting in the wings, so we'll talk about a lot of the big Gator news uh, then. But this was a hell of a week when it comes to uh, to things that happened. Um, one of the things that did happen was Jamar Chaney, uh, one of the former staff guys, uh, assistant director of player personnel, uh, decided to head back to his alma mater, uh, Dan Mullen gave him an opportunity when he was at Mississippi State uh, to come over uh, to Florida and join the staff there. He was with Florida for two years and then is heading back. So uh, congratulations to him uh, as he moves into a new uh, role with them. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Garrick McGee, former UAB head coach from the uh, the early aughts, 2012-2013, uh, and uh, most recently Mizzou's wide receiver coach, uh, has joined the staff as a uh, as a quality uh, control uh, coach. So uh, shout out to Garrick McGee. That's uh, Florida's second hire uh, in the quality control uh, room uh, in past two weeks, again, joining former Syracuse and Connecticut coach uh, Paul Pasqualani that joined last week. Uh, also, uh, news out of uh, former Gator world is C.J. Henderson uh, landed his – First contract, signed his deal. Um, he is uh, the number nine overall draft pick, so shout out to C.J. Henderson. Uh, so do you remember what it was worth? 20 million, million, bro. 20, 20 million. million. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like uh, very, very money, bro. Like, yeah, regardless of anything, I think he's going to be a legendary player. I think he's going to make a lot of Pro Bowls. He has, right. like, a Hall of Fame talent. I'm, 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 I'm going to put it in perspective so, so people can understand, right? So – I get it all the time and people are like, hey, you know, you play in the NFL and da 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 you know, you got this much. Mm -hmm. I got I gotta pay some money. Like, let's get that understood. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, way more than the average person. But that is life-changing money. Mm -hmm. I didn't get right. paid 20 million dollars, bro. Right. I, I signed for 2.5 and, and I think I mean like maybe close to two. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So that's that's 20 million dollars, bro. That's crazy. Yeah, but yeah, he deserves it. He deserves it. He really deserves it. And that, and that's what you go out and, and, and work hard for. Yeah, you can't be running four sixes again, twenty million dollars. You got to run that four three like. <laughs> yeah, the wild part about it, is, the wild part about it is that's 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 really what it boils down to. So, yeah. and, and yeah. all the years I played football, I probably ran straight forty down, straight, uh, forty straight yards down the field, maybe five times, if that. Right. You don't even yeah. do that in football, but that's how important that forty yard dash is, bro. Because right. because you got to look at it and go go look go look at Eric Berry stats, go look at Earl Thomas stats coming out of college, and they go look at mine. It's no different. They went five and, like, six overall, bro. Mm -hmm. And I ran that slow 40 with fifth round, bro. It's mm -hmm. it's, it's, it, it's a life changer, bro, that 20 million. Yeah, four <laughs> years, 20.5 million fully guaranteed. So you guys are exactly right. That is life-changing money. So big shout-out uh, to Chris Henderson. Uh, who made a business decision three years yeah, shot, ago? Shout, shout out to Hendo. Shout out to uh, my man, uh -huh. Drew Samuels, his agent. Um, shout out to Rock Nation. Shout out to Jaguars, man. We got us a steal. We got us a good one, man. We'll see if football happens. 
And as far as those Gator, uh, those hires that was made, then I mean, look, we're moving like football is going to happen, man. Yep. So whenever we keep making moves like that and hiring people, I'm excited because I'm just like, okay, they're moving like business as usual. And also, oh, we, we, I don't know what you got on, on on the Gator news. Go ahead. No, that, that that's no, you're you're fine, Silk. Uh, other news: the McKeithen Stadium. Uh, a few weeks ago, we had Chip Howard on uh, the show, and he talked about demolition to the uh, baseball stadium was starting soon. That that, that started last week after our show. Uh, so expect that. He said for the next three to four months uh, that that's going to be demolished, and then the start of the new football only uh, practice facility and, and standalone facility, pardon me, is going to be uh, erected as well. So uh, that's big news um, in. The Gator World. Outside of that, I think we should probably bring on uh, Connor Selk, unless you got Real something quick. else that you want to talk about. Real quick, SEC came out and said that they were allowing uh, players the opportunity to sit out this year um, in the midst of Corona and not lose a year of uh, eligibility, and they, and they can stay on scholarship. So that that, that was also news that looks like football is going to start. I think one of the stomach blocks was going to be how do you make these kids go play, but giving them the option to sit out and mm-hmm. and, and and still keep their scholarship kind of opens the gate for football to happen. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I think over the next couple of weeks is when we're going to know what, uh, what's going to actually happen. Is it going to be a full season? Is it going to be an eight team season? Is it going to be nine games? However many it is. So we will know in the next couple of weeks, but uh, making decisions like Florida's making, uh, you know, I think at least puts in their mind that they're, you know, thinking that football is going to happen or else they wouldn't be making these hires. They're not just going to bring somebody on staff just to to sit there and watch game film. uh, If, uh, if nobody's there to, uh, to potentially play. So uh, before we bring Connor on, uh, I want to give a shout out to our friends over at Roof Soldier. Uh, Roof Soldier is a veteran owned company that specializes in all aspects of residential and commercial roof replacement and repair. So whether you've experienced any recent roof leaks or damage or simply want to take advantage of them having a free inspection of your roof before we head uh, deep into the summer months, uh, give Roof Soldier a call at one 18- Roofs FL or RoofSoldier.com. Again, that's 1877RoofsFL and visit their website at RoofSoldier.com. Let's get Connor on to talk about the rest of Gator News. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Joining us for at least the second time, if not the third time, on Stadium and Gales, our friend from Rivals.com, Connor Clark. Connor, how are you doing this evening? Doing great, guys. Uh, appreciate you guys having me on again so soon. Yeah, man, absolutely. Big uh, big news uh, in the recruiting front. Uh, let's get the the bad news out of the way first. We can talk about uh, positive news for the rest. So uh, four-star defensive back Clayton Burton Jr., who just last week we announced said that Clint. his recruitment was shut down, apparently was not shut down, or if it was shut down, it wasn't shut down to the Gators, where he announced uh, that he's going to be flipping his commitment from Florida to Boston College. Uh, Connor, was this expected? Um how does this hurt the class or, or give us your perspective? Is this mutual is my question. Yeah, so it was definitely expected. Um, you're looking at a kid that a month, uh, maybe two months ago, had kind of told the staff he was looking around. Uh, it looked for all intents and purposes that he was going to flip to USC. Uh, I guess something fell behind or fell apart behind the scenes there. Um, Florida had already taken Jordan Young to replace him in the class. So Clinton was basically just looking for another spot at another university. He wanted to stay closer to home after USC pretty much told him no. So I guess Boston College ended up being that sticking point. All right. Well, very good. Um, So let's move on. 
Uh, a lot of big news happened. Uh, and this started with the commitment, I believe it was on Thursday evening, of safety Donovan McMillan, six foot two, hundred and ninety-three pounds, out of Peters Township in Cannonsburg, PA, which is about southwest, about I don't know, about forty minutes southwest of Pittsburgh. Uh, Connor uh, and then Silk and Ahmad, uh, give us your thoughts on on Donovan McMillan. Uh, I think Donovan's an excellent excellent prospect. Like you said, six foot two, one hundred and ninety-three pounds already. Um, he's a big physical kid that's going to play more of an in-the-box safety role or maybe even grow into an outside linebacker when he gets to Florida. Um, but he's a kid that was the state runner-up in wrestling last year for the 182-pound weight class in Pennsylvania. So the kid likes to be physical. He tackles really well. Um, it still remains to be seen if, if he can cover at the next level the way he needs to. Um, so like I said, that's why I think he's going to be more of an in-the-box guy. Uh, or grow into an outside linebacker there. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm with you with uh, the linebacker position, Connor. Um, it's, it's getting more and more common with these safeties and the, these bigger, bigger safeties uh, able to play linebacker because they're, they're a better matchup on the tight ends and whatnot. Um, especially with these tight ends is being hybrid as well. So, um, it, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing them out there. You know, 193 pounds already. That's, that's a big guy. You know, that's going to be something easy to, to work with, and you know. It would shock me if he get the two twenty five really really fast. Only thing about him moving and going, like possibly uh, growing into a linebacker, is we need safeties really bad. Right. That's that's the only hiccup. Like we really need safeties bad as hell. So that that that's why I wouldn't like it. But I, I see the same thing that y'all see. I see a big physical kid that could that could either play star or move the linebacker very easily, bro. Yeah, uh, I see like Bernie. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think he's I don't think he's quite as athletic as Amari Bernie is at this right. point in their career. Right. But like Ahmad said, the game, yeah, for sure. But like Ahmad said, the game the game's going to these hybrid flex tight ends, and you have to have somebody that has a little bit of experience covering to play that outside linebacker role, or else you're gonna get gashed by these these right. freak athletes out there like Kyle Pitts. Yeah. One of the things I like about him is I think he's I think he's fast. I don't I don't think he's as shifty, uh, maybe side to side, but I think you know downhill, uh, fast runner. I think he tackles really well too. It's one of the things that really stood out to me when I watched wrestler, his, bro. his video. And yeah, exactly. And I mean, to be honest yeah. with you, as much as I want the big hitters and stuff like that, the first thing I want you to do is be able to tackle normal, and then we can focus on the big hit after. But let's you know let's work on tackling. Right, that was the one thing that we noticed, or not one thing, but one of the things that we noticed was you know missing in the defense last year was a, a bunch of missed tackles especially in the loss to Georgia uh, and the loss to LSU was just a bunch of missed tackles so getting those those sure you know fire um you know tacklers is something that floor is desperately uh looking for and, and needed yo and I play yeah, absolutely, uh, football, absolutely man back when I played all the linebackers had to wrestle like you you had to um uh, him being a state champion at wrestling you know he's a good tackler so uh, it don't have to be the most explosive hits. You just gotta get guys to the ground, man. And if and if it's behind the line of scrimmage, that's even better. No, nah, but I also heard um, you say from Pennsylvania, right, Connor? Right. Yep. Yeah, they, um, wrestling is really, really big in, in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Really big. Huge. So for, for for him to huge. be second place in the state, that's huge, bro. Even right. though he didn't didn't win it, second is is huge out there. So actually, to give you guys a little bit of background on his wrestling, um, he went forty-one and four last year as a wrestler. And the kid that he lost to in the state championship Jeez. is the is the nation's number two wrestler in that weight class, and signed a wrestling scholarship to Purdue. 
and produce a top 15 wrestling program in the country. So that should give you a little bit of perspective as to how good of a wrestler this kid is. Well, I'm here for it, man. I'm here for it. You got to be a gangster to be that good in wrestling. That's just what it is, man. Wrestling's not for everybody, bro. Ain't no teammates. Nobody coming to save the day. It's just mano y mano. You figure it out. You know what I'm saying? And he's really good at it. So those type of guys you want playing defensive tackle. Well, it'll be interesting to see how he handles his weight, right? I'm sure he's been cutting a you know, weight for wrestling every year. And, you know, he's back up to, to 193. So, you know, we'll see where he grows. But, I mean, if he was at 193 and he's been cutting weight every season for, for wrestling, let's just see kind of where his body can go. But if, yeah, you know, be a big ass kid. He's, got a, he's got a great yeah, frame to go for that star position. So Yeah, bro. Yep. Um, other big news uh, that was today, Monday. That's uh, I got four star uh, number twenty two player um, wide receiver in the country uh, from Trinity Christian Academy, six foot three hundred eighty pound wide receiver Marcus Burke joined the class. Uh, it was between Florida and uh, Georgia, uh, where his two finalists and Billy Gonzalez and the staff up there picked up who I think is a real dog. Uh, what do you guys think? I think he's the truth, man. I think. Um... Explosive, could take the roof off. Uh, a lot of upside. He got, he got some route running and things like that to get better at. Um, I let Connor do his shit. What do you think, Connor? I seen you call, you call him at some camp and shit, right? Yeah. So I saw, I got to see him perform live at the Rivals camp here in Orlando. Um, I'm a huge Marcus Burke fan. He's, like Dan said, he's six foot three, 180 pounds. He's got a All long, right. lean frame that can add a lot of good weight when he gets into a college weight room. But like you said, Corey, he can take the top off of defense. I saw you talking on the timeline earlier today about a kid that's got a 99-yard touchdown on his highlight. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's two people that I've seen that have that in the last two years, and they're both going to be in Gator uniforms. And that's Xavier Henderson and now Marcus Burke. Um, But, yeah, Burke's got really good speed. He's a smooth athlete. He's still pretty raw and developing as a route runner. Um, But that's something that Billy will be able to mold basically from ground zero and he likes to do that stuff um he's got good soft natural hands and he's he's a willing blocker for for as slight as he is at this point i will give credit to the staff man um i i i've been not like verbal about it but i've been thinking for a while like they don't push enough you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so when i first see the marcus burke move his his date up first thing i'm thinking like he's going to georgia because it don't seem like we've been pressing like that for for commits, man. So I was I, when I first saw, I was chalking it up to Georgia, to be honest with you. So if they got him, he was a guy that was going to take it all the way to signing days, want to take all five visits. Mm-hmm. So um, I hope they're pressing these in-state kids that are just around uh, using this pandemic to help us in recruiting, man, and kind of force some of these kids to be like, yo, look, like you may not even get those five visits. Lock down a spot. So um, shout out to the staff, man. It's a good get. Absolutely. Yeah, Florida's currently sits number 10 uh, overall in the country, number four in the SEC uh, in the uh, in the recruiting rankings. So uh, continue to do well. And there's a couple other guys that announced, uh, you know, they're going to be making their decisions in the next few weeks. So definitely stay tuned uh, for that. Outside of, I guess, commitment news, we have a couple of uh, players that got announced to award watch lists, including Kair Elam, 561 boy, uh, added to the Thorpe watch list. Ventrell Miller to the butt kiss list, Kyle Pitts uh, to the Blitnikoff award list and the John Mackey list. Um, any of those surprise you or you think any, uh, anybody's an odds on favorite to potentially win any of the awards that they're named the watch list to? I'm locked. I'm locked in with Pitts. Um, yep. 
but you know, with, with everybody else, I, I hope they win it as well. Shoot, you know, it, the more guys we have on there, um, you know, that's 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 a good look for the Gators. That means we're doing something right down here in Gainesville. So, um, I'm excited though about about you know all the guys on on all the list. But you know, I, I think if Pitts have another season like he did last year, he's locked in. Yeah, I was um I'm interested to follow Pitts too because a lot of times the tight end, the best tight end, a lot of times the best players don't get that award. But I think the tight end is pretty accurate with that type of mm-hmm. shit. Um, I'm cursing too much on this show. My pops gonna tell me that too when he listens. Um, I'm a little surprised, Kyrie Elam, not because I don't think he's that's what I was about worthy to say. of it, but I, I'm just surprised. You know, yeah, that he has the hype is real, record. man. But I think it's the hype. Down, I, I was surprised to see him on the court. I'm gonna be honest with you. I was shocked a little bit. Uh, yeah. He played well to close out the season, but I didn't see a whole lot of burn for him. But I just think it's word of mouth. The word is out. That this kid's the yeah. truth, man. So, yeah, yeah, I like uh, I like Pitts at the the John Mackey, oh, you know, winner this year. Is very surprised that he wasn't a finalist last year, uh, but I really like him. I think he's an outstanding player, and and I think that he's going to make a a huge splash here. Uh, you know, his right. probably likely final season at, at Florida and then in the NFL. I think he's a you know an eight to 10, 12 year player in the NFL too. So the kid's outstanding. So I hope for him and and for for his sake there is football this year. But uh, shout out to all. Uh, for those guys, Connor, who do you think uh, is the best chance to to win an award uh, next season? I've got to go with Kyle Pitts, man. He yeah. was he he has to, he has to be the odds-on favorite to win it this year. Um, him and then that big tight end from Penn State, mm-hmm. uh, I think, are the top two top two candidates for that. But I was like you, extremely surprised he wasn't at least a finalist last year. Uh, had yeah. some of the top numbers in the country, and he didn't even make the finalists. That uh, didn't really make any sense to me. So he has to be odds on favorite to win that this year. Absolutely. Uh, final piece of Gator news, and then we can go on with whatever you guys want to talk about. Uh, Deontay Marks, uh, I guess redshirt freshman wide receiver from DeLand, has announced that he's going to be transferring from the University of Florida. You guys shocked or surprised at all? No, I've hinted at that a bunch of times yeah. already. Yeah, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't see how the wide receiver room, we still adding to it, the type of guys we brought in and, uh, this last class, the transfer that's coming in, the guys that we just got that's just committed. I just don't know where he fits in. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Where he gets catches at. Yeah, especially if, as Neil Blackman uh, from Saturday Down South reported, that Justin Shorter will likely be getting his waiver. Uh, you know, Florida sits really pretty in the uh, in the wide receiver room, and I just think that the talent Florida's in is just going to elevate a little bit beyond marks and certainly wish him the best of luck uh, in his career. Uh, and once a Gator, always a Gator. So, um, he's at UCF, right? Yeah, I believe so. I like that yeah, fit. Transfer to UCF. I like, I like that fit for him. I just think I just think he's gonna get lost in the shuffle in our wide receiver room. He didn't come in polished. He's trying to learn the position when he first got in the camp. I just didn't see how he was gonna catch up. You know what I'm saying? Like these guys, we got we got a good wide receiver room. There's yep. a lot of dogs in that room. And I didn't see how he was gonna survive. Absolutely. Um Connor, I want to ask you a quick question. Florida offered a running back today whose name is escaping me, uh, but it'll come by the time that I'm done um, (laughs) circling around here and I'm able to click on it. Florida offered a running back uh, today uh, from out west, uh, 2021 kid Byron Cardwell. Uh, do you know much about him? Know much about him? Uh, Four-star guy, I believe, on the – on two four seven, he's ranked as maybe one of the, the top ten running backs in the country. Do you know anything about him? And is he does he have much interest in Florida or 
Uh, in all honesty, I uh, don't know a whole lot about the kid simply because he's from California. We haven't done a whole lot of recruiting in California since that first cycle. Um, mm-hmm. But I did watch the kid's tape. I, I do like his tape. He looks like a, a solid all-purpose back, in my opinion. Got mm-hmm. good size, decent speed, good hands out of the backfield. Um, but I really couldn't tell you much more than that simply because, one, I don't think Florida will press to take a running back this class. Um, oh, very good. I, I, know, I know as a fan base they're going to be real upset about that, but they haven't shown any – any initiative on trying to actually land somebody. Um, so it, it, and that's probably the, the nicest way I can put it. Um, but they're, they're perfectly fine not taking a running back this class and then trying to go grab two in the 2022 cycle. No, I so I don't know how hard. Fire. They, I don't know how they could do that. No, I, I agree. That's absolutely so nuts, Connor. I, I completely agree. They got to take looking me, at bare minimum. Like, they just give me a full ride. They got to take a body. There's, there's no way they cannot take a body this class. So I the way I look at it, that. you've got a five five scholarship running back room right now. Um, you've got Lorenzo Lingard, who just got his waiver, who will be either a redshirt sophomore or junior. You've got uh, let's be Damian honest. Pierce. It's going to probably be a four scholarship running back room before not too long. Yeah, somebody's no, about to leave. So I think, yeah, somebody's about to so leave. The, the way I look at it is you've got Malik Davis, who will pro, whose carries will probably go down now that Lingard's got the waiver if we see a season this year. So he could leave as a graduate transfer. Then you've got a guy like Iverson Clement who hasn't touched the ball consistently since he got to campus. He could also leave. And then that if Pierce has a big year, he could he could leave for the draft. So that leaves you with two scholarship running backs. Now, I don't necessarily think uh, Pierce leaves after his junior year, but still, if the other two do leave, that li- only leaves you with three scholarship running backs, and you're banking on you take somebody to uh, getting two in 2022. And you yeah. don't want to have just three running backs in a room. Yeah, we got to keep it going. We got to get Mary Wise on the show to hang out with us, man. So I don't want to um, – but I don't see how they could just pass on not getting a running back this cycle. Not the last cycle. Like, I don't care. Like, the transfer, no transfer. They got to get a running back this cycle. Um, I'm pretty sure they know that. Well, if not, they got to get a new running back coach. Some, either or. Like, I don't think there's, like, an option where you just do with two years in a row and you keep your job at University of Florida. I think that stove is going to get turned up high as hell if, if we whiff two years in a row at running back. Especially because there's no guarantee, right, that – that um that Lorenzo Lingard is going to return back to normal, right? He's coming right. off of, of injury as well. And Damian, injury. Damian Pierce, we think that he's good, right? We think that he'll be, you know, the real deal, you know, but he had, you know, he's had some injury concerns. Malik Davis has had some injury concerns. Uh, you know, Naquan Wright, you know, obviously was just a freshman last year and then Iverson Clement. So, you know, as much as we want to say, you know, Florida has is deep in terms of just, you know, overall numbers, they're still missing on, on a ton of experience. And what I fear is even if Damian Pierce is the real deal this year, his ass is probably gone next year, right? So then what do you have? What if Lorenzo Lingard is has a good season? He's worried about his knee or you know, he's worried about his leg or whatever, and he's like, All right, I'm bouncing too. Then you're then what? Right. So that that's why I'm always in the boat of like you really need to take people every year. And if not, you definitely can't do it for two years. Hell no. All right, Connor man. I appreciate you for hanging out with us, bro. Always a Yeah, play. thank you guys. Appreciate it. Always. 
Connor's good people, man. Always, bro. Always, always. Solid, solid, solid. That was a good conversation. But, yeah, I don't think they could just not take a running back this cycle. That's tough, bro, just to to go two cycles without – oh, my God. I don't even – I remember playing at Florida, and we our running back room was so packed, it didn't make no sense. Like, I mean, we had Texas guys, Florida guys, like, dudes from everywhere in our running back room. Dudes that leaving transferring because they knew they weren't going to get no clock. And now we can't even get one. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not, not a good situation. I mean – no offense to Naquan Wright. I mean, I, I think he's got talent. But if yeah. it wasn't for, for him coming off injury and, you know, Florida, you know, kind of sticking with him the whole time, you know, I don't even know if Florida gets him, you know. Um, I, you know, Florida got – I'll say Florida got lucky with that, right, and getting a body. Um, but uh, there's got to be there's got to be some improvement there. It's just – it's unacceptable to be, right. you know, this far in and have this few – you know, commit it. It's not like we're even losing them. We just can't even get them to commit, period. Yeah. And we going to run the ball. That's what I'm saying. The offense is attractive to play in. So I don't get like the – it's easy. So everybody knows Dan Mullen wants to run the ball. So, like, it's an attractive offense to play in. So uh, let's hang out with Mary Wise. And Mary Wise's interview with State of Miguel, sponsored by our friends over at Lee Friedland uh, with Friedland and Associates. Give them a call. Uh, at 1-800-95-INJURED and YourFightOurBattle.com. They're going to handle auto accidents, medical malpractice, nursing home cases, criminal matters, and personal injury cases in every jurisdiction within the state of Florida with the brashness of Steve Spurrier and the relentless effort of Dan Mullen. So Lee Friedland is a double gator graduating both UF undergrad and law, and he does bleed orange and blue and is really uh, passionate about giving back to the community, the gator community, and truly being of the people. So give Lee a call. He's down in Miami. Uh, down in uh, the 305. So give them a call 1 800 95 injured or yourfightourbattle.com. Let's get Mary on the show. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. And joining us for the first time on Stadium and Gale. Is three-time AVCA Division One National Coach of the Year and the fourth most all-time winningest coach in Division One history with 958 is University of Florida women's volleyball coach Mary Wise. Mary, how are you doing this evening? I'm well. Thanks for asking. Absolutely. Well, Mary, we ask this question just about anybody that comes on the show. How did you end up at the University of Florida? Well. Um, that many years ago, that's a, I haven't asked, been asked that question for a long time. So long before you guys were born, um, it w- this would have been right after Steve Spurrier's first year. That's how long ago it was. Okay. Um, that they, there was a uh, volleyball opening at Florida. I was on the staff of Kentucky. Florida was my dream job. They interviewed three, they brought three on campus, two, Two people with more experience than I had at the time, but the um, the senior women's administrator in charge of the hiring process, Amory Rogers, who they're going to name the swimming facility after um, here shortly. They're going to do a naming for her, but she was one who went on a limb, offered me the job, and we've been here ever since. 
I love it. I love it. So, Mary, you came to the University of Florida from Kentucky. Uh, you were previously a head coach at Iowa State, uh, so that you became the head coach there at 21 years old. So, I want to go. I want to go back to then, which was probably only 10 or 12 years ago when you were 21 years old. Talk to us what it's like to be a 21 year old head coach at a Division One uh, program. Well, I always said um, that looking back on it, that I didn't know what I didn't know. And I was just so grateful I didn't get anybody hurt or maimed. Um, <laughs> but women's women's athletics was a, just such a different place back then. So we're talking about like when you're probably like your grandparents played or something. But um, <laughs> it was that long ago. So I fortunately, true story, I turned 22 before the first match. Okay. So I was hired at 21. But. Um, I turned 22 before that first match by about two weeks. Perfect. So 21 years old, uh, there at Iowa state, how, how do you think, or what do you think that they saw in you? Cause obviously they saw something really early in you. Uh, and what was the, the first couple of months and, and years like you go from graduating college or just finishing up college to being a, a head yeah, coach? Were you scared? Was it? Uh, were you nervous? Did you were you so overwhelmed you didn't really know what to feel? Um, probably all of the above. Okay. I was very fortunate that I played for a very successful coach. May still be the all-time winningest coach at Purdue University. So I played for a winner, and was fortunate that she um, mentored me. And I knew I wanted to coach in college. I didn't know it would be a head position, but. Um, uh, at the, again, it was at a different time and Iowa state wanted to, to make a change. And, um, when it's your first job with no experience and they offer you the whopping salary of 13, five, you think you're killing it, <laughs> jump at it. Yeah. And, um, that's how I took the job. And again, like I said, I, um, I'm lucky that I didn't do, do harm. And so many of those players I've stayed in touch with over the years, I've apologized to them for what I didn't know <laughs> and have tried to better myself over the years. But I'd like to think that they had, if not a, a championship experience, they had a memorable experience. I love it. I love it. So Mary, we, we've asked this to a couple of Gator coaches you know, Mouse Holloway, a few others that have been, you know, Roland Thornquist have been at Florida for, for a really long time. What is it about Florida that, that keeps coaches around for a lot longer than kind of the industry standard um, in, in Gainesville? That's um, a very good question. Um, my sense is that coaches leave when there are push factors that if you're in a situation, be it the from athletics or geography or your conference, that there, there are battles that you just can't win and you can't change. I think of those as push factors. And at Florida, there are so few. Honestly, they're pull factors, meaning there are some things that other schools have you go sport by sport that are very attractive, but there are very few push factors that would make you want to leave Florida. And I think going back to um, Jeremy Foley and certainly what we have in place with Scott Strickland is that they've created a situation where if, if, if we're successful, I mean, you got to win to stay a Gator, but they'll take care of you. And they've shown that year after year. Uh, Coach, you, you won a lot of, uh, accolades, NCAA uh, championships, coaches of the year. Uh, what keeps you motivated? 
Um, Ahmad, I have, um, we, we've been very fortunate. We've won a lot of, of matches, but, but we haven't um, won that one. And that is that national championship. So um, that is what motivates us. We want to win um, the, the big ring. And it's going to be huge, right. by the way. I I had it. I, I'm looking at hey, SEC uh, stuff instead of national championship. I apologize. Hey, hey, co- hey, hey, hey coach, I, 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 I know I sound great, but that was Silk that time. Oh, so. I'm sorry. I um, apologize. That was Silk. <laughs> my bad. It's my okay. Bad. You're not the first time it's I okay. still okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm up next, though. We'll, we'll continue, Silk. Go ahead. No, it's all good. So who's, who inspired you to get into coaching? Like, how do you – like, what was your inspiration behind getting into coaching? I think it was, you know, if you, if you enjoy your collegiate, like um, so many people that you probably have just talked with coaches that, that played in college and you enjoyed your collegiate experience. And I went through it at a time where there were, there were no professional opportunities. So if I wanted to stay in the sport, coaching was the only route. And thus I, I chose coaching. Um, I think early on, I knew I wanted to coach at the college level. I just, again, like I said, I just didn't know I would go to that uh, on that fast track quite as fast as I did. Right. And, you, and with you guys recruiting, do you guys normally recruit the Southeast or you, do you guys do a national thing as well? Or is it regional? Um, if we could, I mean, I've said this before, if we could just stay in Florida and the Southeast and put together a championship caliber roster, I would love it. But they're just, ha- it's changed. But there just isn't the there's the quality, but not the quantity of prospects. So we have recruited um, all over the world, but from coast to coast. And but we've had a lot of success, obviously, from Florida. Um, We have player Texas. Texas has been great to us in the recruiting as well. There's so many great athletes that come out of that state for women's volleyball. Uh, But we have a player uh, um, from Georgia and uh, South Carolina, the, the um, Gatorade Player of the Year was from South Carolina, who's going to be a rising junior. Um, so, to yes, the Southeast, but we, we don't mind going beyond that. Okay, how did the corona affect you guys' uh, season and recruiting and, and the size of your roster and bringing in new kids? How did that work out? Well, um, the day before we were supposed to play Georgia Tech because in the spring like uh, baseball and softball have opportunities to play outside competition in the fall we're allowed to in volleyball play outside competition in the spring and um, remember it clearly the day before we're supposed to play Georgia Tech it was all shut down we were we had to um, we were fortunate that we could fly players home immediately um, and we just worked via zoom but it did give us a chance something that Honestly, we wouldn't have had the time um, in the past where we 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 were able to spend more time with the players, watching other opponents and themselves, and and we did a lot of modeling and scouting and things that we just don't have the time to do. Meaning, they weren't opponents that we had played before. We wanted them to watch, to learn to scout the way coaches do, to see the game that way. And so we're trying to take advantage of it that way. The players are all back right now. They came back. Uh, Florida added football. The football players came back. And mm-hmm. then a couple of weeks later, soccer and volleyball. And so our players have been in town for about three weeks. 
And if all, you know, if we can just get a handle on this, we should be starting like August 9th. We should be in the gym with the players. Whether that happens, we don't know, but it's certainly what we're hoping for. Absolutely. What's your roster size? Just curious. 15. 15, 15 people. players. Mm-hmm. So it's probably an easier bubble uh, to keep those guys. Are you guys in quarantine or what exactly is your protocol right now? What they we've done is, and this, this was uh, put together by the, um, the sports medicine folks, uh, that they have had allowed the players to work out by only by who they live with. So we call them pods. We have four different pods and, and, What's been hard though is they work out with that group. They're in the gym. They're on the platform in the indoor practice facility together. But you ask women to not hang out with one another. That's that's like torture. That's um, they're miserable on the weekends because they can't all be together. They have worked at, like they did a outdoor picnic, socially distanced, but it's not the same. You know, plus it's Florida in the summer. So I give a lot of credit to our players. This is not, I've coached almost 40 years and we've never asked players to go through what this group has had to go through. And it, what hurts for me is, um, you know, in college athletics, it's only four years and those four years go by so fast. And we're talking about a quarter of their experience. We have no idea. Are we going to start the season? Then do we have to stop? Is it going to be, postponed and and rescheduled to the spring is it going to be canceled altogether we just don't know um obviously their health and safety is is what's most important but i just heard for the players that this had to fall under their four years hey coach we uh, this is Ahmad. um i usually always ask the coaches because when i play you know uh with, with coach meyer um we were, we were a tight-knit family um, and, you know, I seem to get, be getting a, the same feedback from all the coaches um, about how the locker room is and the environment is um, with all the Gator sports. Uh, what type of environment do you guys have um, with, with the girls um, in the locker room? Is it like a tight knit? Um, are, are, are the girls really, really close? Um, Ahmad, have you ever witnessed women go to the bathroom by themselves? Uh, meaning? Meaning we all, we, we only do things as a group, right? Get it. That, gotcha. that is, that, gotcha. that is, that is the female experience. Um, it is. And I, I, I say that teasingly ours, but you're right. Any sport of any gender, it's about the a collective group being all on the same page. We're from players from different parts of the country, different levels of experience, but all with that same common goal of wanting to win a championship. And just like when you play, not everybody can start, but everyone has to feel worthy of their contributions and a part of the team. And we spend a lot of time working on keeping them connected um, and and that time, that investment pays dividends as a coach. If I don't spend time on that, it uh, will never be as successful. Coach, it's so funny that you say that because, you know, when I was here, it was uh, it was Cass, it was Callie, it was Lauren, Bledsoe, uh, Aaron yeah. Fleming. So, so that I, you know, every time I would see one, I would always see another one. So it's, it's, it's mighty funny that you say that. Um, we talked about winning a championship earlier in the show. Uh, we've gotten so close. What do you think there'd be, you know, that little small thing that can take us over the top to actually uh, get that national championship? 
such a great question. It really is. Um, first of all, you got You got to get there. You got to be there. And the volleyball tournament, just like the basketball tournament, 64 teams. And right. so the things you have to have is you got to be healthy. And one and twice we've gotten to the national championship with a starter injured. So once we're gonna get back there, we're gonna be healthy. You gotta be healthy. You gotta have a little bit of luck, meaning you know matchups along the way. Right. Um, and that so you just to get to that far, but to win six matches in the NCAA tournament is so incredibly difficult because of the parity in women's volleyball. It's it's very similar to men's basketball. I mean. Will there ever be a run that UCLA did in men's basketball? I don't think so. Right. There's just too many great players. And volley, women's volleyball is similar. I, I think there are more great players playing. There's more equity in the sport of volleyball than perhaps women's basketball. Right. It seems like women's basketball, the top players kind of are, are, are only at a, a handful of schools, truthfully. Right. Right. And volleyball, there's just... Uh, more girls are playing volleyball than any other team sport. Um, yeah, and you know what's kind of fun for me in this in this town is former Gators whose daughters play volleyball. Ah, uh, so Neil Armstrong's daughter plays okay. volleyball. I mean, there's a whole bunch of yeah. Chris Collinsworth, a whole bunch of of former players whose daughters are playing volleyball. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a little biased, but I do think that um, their dads are recognizing a great sport. So we're going to get there um, uh, and we'll keep knocking on the door. And that's all you got to do is just give yourself a chance each year. Correct. Correct. Um, so, you know, we have a lot of young listeners and whatnot to the show. Um, a lot of, of young, inspiring Gator volleyball players. Um, I asked Coach uh, Robinson this earlier about some of the football guys. Uh, but how do the, 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 does a, a young volleyball player get a good look to um, to go to a university? Um, do you guys look at you know club volleyball? Do they have to go to camps? Um, do they have to play well on their high school team? Um, how does that work for volleyball? Um, I I would probably guess this is similar to volleyball or football in terms of like the great ones will find, but but. The best way is to play on that club volleyball where there's so many opportunities for eyes of college coaches from all over the country to see the players. High school, going to high school matches are much more difficult because you're only watching two teams at a time. Under non-COVID times, we could be, uh, AUs would have like 20,000 girls playing um, on, on during those two weeks. And so that's a lot of opportunities for watching. But the camp, the great thing about the camps just like in football, is that it gives coaches a chance for us to work with the players, to see how they learn. Camps are huge, we found, in our recruiting, allows them to get to know us and us to get to know them. But I would back that up if young girls listening, young, young girls or dads um, of their daughters at their young age, teach them, teach them how to throw and catch from an early age. I'm gonna tell you, fellas, you gotta teach them how to throw and catch young let them throw the ball in the house it doesn't matter they got to learn to throw and catch and then have them play all different sports the worst thing we can do for a girl is to have her specialize girls just aren't the athleticism that is developed on the playground just doesn't happen from for whatever reason from a social standpoint as it does in boys and the worst thing you can do is have a girl specialize too early so play all the sports and then come to love volleyball 
There you go. There you go. All right. So you go to, you go to a house, uh, you know, um, to a recruit's house. You're talking to their parents. Um, tell me, what does being a Gator mean to you? Oh, what a great question. Uh, we talk about our brand and the, the brand being winners amongst winners. In that, if you come to Florida, if you're a volleyball player at Florida, next to you in the, at training table or perhaps in, in study hall, or uh, in the weight room is going to be a first round draft choice, a gold medalist, an NCAA champion, that, that you will be surrounded by the people at the very best of the best, the top of their game. And that just builds a culture of everyone doing their part to be the most successful as they can be in their sport. And winners amongst winners is a big piece of it. We talk about our family, the family values of our program, a legacy of championships, and the fact that our our players will thrive in this program. They take responsibility for wanting to grow their game, but they will thrive in this program and getting better and being able to play at the next level. For women's volleyball, that's internationally going overseas because you have to go overseas, but also our USA national team. And we, we address all those things in the home visits. Perfect. Well, Coach, well, thank you so, so much for, for coming on. You've been an absolute joy and a pleasure to talk to, and we have no doubt that you're going to get that national championship here soon, and we look forward to celebrating it with you. Oh, uh, we can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Uh, I appreciate it, fellas. Thank you so much for the opportunity and the best wishes. Absolutely. Don't worry. I'll be the first one on University Avenue with a roll of toilet paper in my hand. Uh, you get, I'll look for you. I'm the one climbing the poles, all right? <laughs> Thanks, you guys. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Pause on climbing that pole, Black. Whoa, pause, pause. Couldn't say. <laughs> pause, said girls pause. in the bathroom together. You're like, yeah, I've never right. went to the bathroom with a girl. I never went to the bathroom with a girl, Coach. Come on, yeah. tighten up. You know no, she's saying, like, you know girls go to the bathroom. Like to go, yeah, girls do like to do that, but I've never seen a group of dudes at, at, the, at, the, at the bar, and they're like, yo, about to go to the bathroom. You boys want to slide? The <laughs> girls do Not that. Unless there's some shenanigans yeah. going on, you know? <laughs> yeah, big shenanigans. Big shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys, we got a uh, another big interview with C-Rob. You guys want to get him on? Yeah, this ain't Let's out. Let's do it. Our next guest is brought to you by Brun Insurance and Financial Services. Anything you need insured from the panhandle to the keys. Hit my man Greg up, 954-589-2204. Big coverage, big policies. My man does homes, autos, life insurance, and financial services. Um, he handles everything from the from the start of the process to the very end. And he's always available to, to take care of you have any customer service needs. 954-589-2204. Big coverage, big policies. The official insurance carrier of the Big 3 Roll-Up Network. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. And join us for the first time on Stadium and Gale is a fan favorite, former University of Georgia linebacker and current University of Florida linebacker coach Christian Robinson. Christian, how are you doing this evening? Doing great. 
Good man. Well, thanks so much for for coming on the show. As I said, you're a you're a fan favorite. Uh, but want to talk to you a little bit before we talk about why you're a fan favorite. Ultimately, talk to us a little bit about your your path into to coaching. Uh, like we mentioned, you play linebacker at the University of Georgia. But talk to us a little bit about that and and, and where you I guess derived your interest in coaching from. Well, uh, I, I'd have to start back home in, in Georgia. Really, uh, I grew up in a football household. Uh, my dad, he played uh, for uh, the South Carolina Gamecocks and then went on to play for the Washington Redskins, formerly the Washington Redskins. And uh, my uncles both played at Clemson. They were on the national championship team there in 81. Um, so I grew up in a household full uh, of football studs, and, uh, and there was only one thing to do was to play football. And uh, fast forward, my dad was a high school coach, um, coached me all growing up but one year. And uh, when it came time to choose a school, um, I just was wanting to stay closer to home. And, uh, and my family was able to be a part of my experience. And, um, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, fast forward, broke my foot at the end of my career. Uh, was trying to figure out what I was going to do after I got cut by the St. Louis Rams and uh, called Coach Grantham up uh, within hours of getting cut. And he said, come on back and we'll take care of you. And um, he, he's taken care of me ever since and just thankful to be a part of this defense and um, trying to extend the, the line of linebackers that have played in, in this scheme and, and uh, produced. Absolutely. So you end up with Todd Grantham at, at Mississippi State as a, I guess, as a GA. Talk to us a little bit about that experience, what you thought it would be, what is it like, you know, being a, you know, I, I guess we'll, we'll call it a peer, you know, with, with Todd Grantham as a, as a former, you know, player of his and, and now a, a coach on his side where he's going to lean on you for, for analytics and, and advice. Talk to us a little bit about what that transition was like. It was a, it was a big difference. You know, I, I used to joke around uh, when I first got here. Um, that first week I was a GA for Coach Grantham. When we got off the practice field, I was thinking, okay, it's time to go home. We're done, just like the players are, because <laughs> that's been my life for so long. Uh, but little do you know how much time and effort that you have to put in to be successful. And so um, I just really had a lot of great people around me. Uh, Mike McDonald, he's with the Baltimore Ravens. He's a linebackers coach there. Um, ended up going on to uh, Ole Miss for two years. And, and that year at Mississippi State with Ryan Osborne, who just left us, um, just really focusing on trying to give the coaches what they need. And that's just really the stats and, uh, and understanding situations and formations and just every – it's really getting a Ph.D. in football, um, especially working for Coach Grantham, who has a background that he has. Uh, you're just constantly learning. I'm still learning. Even when I think I, I know all the adjustments, uh, he pulls something out that he had when he was coaching for the Dallas Cowboys or the Cleveland Browns. Um, there's always something to learn, and I think that's kept me hungry to constantly – find new ways to do things. And, and Coach Grantham's obviously one of the best in the business and uh, has helped us in uh, uh, Coach Mullen get where we're at today, year three. So you move from being a, a GA and, and ultimately when, when Dan Mullen gets announced as head coach at the University of Florida, he brings along Todd Grantham with him. Uh, and with that, you move from being, you know, in that assistant, you know, advisory capacity where you're you're kind of passing along stats, maybe passing along your opinion when asked for it, uh, to ultimately becoming a linebacker's room in you said it at the beginning. There's a, a long, you know, history of Gator linebackers. What was that experience and that transition like going from, you know, kind of this, you know, back of the room role to, you know, now, you know, side by side with uh, the rest of the, uh, the coaching staff? It was a wild time. Uh, I know when 
uh, at the end of the, the regular season, 2017 season, uh, Coach Mullen comes in. He leaves and uh, got to go coach the bowl game against Lamar Jackson and uh, Coach English and uh, was the defense coordinator for that game. And I was just after that game, I, I was really up in the air. I packed up everything in Starkville, um, moved it to a storage unit in Gainesville and still hadn't been told it was going to happen. So I, I just I said, hey, I'm just going to have everything ready. So if uh, a whirlwind of a new experience happens, I'm ready to go. So I, I was sitting with my girlfriend. She was getting her her hair done. I'm sitting out in the parking lot because I got nothing to do uh, down in Tampa, Florida. And I get a call from Coach Mullen and he says, uh, we want you to come uh, be linebackers coach. And literally just I mean, I, I just can't tell you how excited I was just to have that opportunity and know the legacy of players that have gone through here just to be a part of that. Um, and then you get here and Coach Mullen, the first thing he says, there's no on the job. There's no uh, um, orientation for coaching in the SEC. Uh, you can't you you have to learn and be able to adapt as things are happening. And luckily, I'd been able to be around his staff for a year, know what practice was like, everything off the field, everything uh, being responsible for attracting uh, uh, potential student athletes and families during university. That was the part that was going to be new, just learning how that goes in the procedures of leaving campus and uh but when you're selling a place like Florida that has a tradition and, and you're working for a head coach that uh, knows what uh, it takes to win at, at this university, um, he's just guided me. And I just know him and Megan. I remember Megan said, just told me, encouraged me, uh, you know, that she just said, just fake it till you make it. And, but luckily I had Coach Grant in my corner and Coach Mullen um, had been able to watch me and they've guided me every step of the way since I've been here. I see Rob. It's Ahmad. Um, just want to say also, um, go on record and say I'm sorry for uh, the beatings we gave you guys in 2009 and 2010 over at Georgia. Um, <laughs> it's all good. Anyway. I, I didn't play much in those games, so I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's uh, why I'm coaching. Yeah, there you go. Shut up, man. You're, you're a baller. <laughs> um, how was recruiting different um, now than when it was when you were getting recruiting? recruiting uh it's it's wild i just uh with quarantine going on i was able to go through all my old uh yeah things that my my family my dad just and my mom are moving to nashville and i was going through old letters and just the way that okay. you recruited i mean i had just tons of papers yeah um, bro. I, I had a I, just, I found a a letter from coach gonzalez that he wrote to me uh because he had my area in georgia and it's okay. just so different. And that's, you know, I think it's accelerated. If I could say anything, recruiting right. is accelerated. You're aware of kids uh, in junior high. Um, and yep. with social media, you have access to everybody where that kid may be, uh, you know, um, in south of Ocala that is not getting a lot of traffic. Uh, you have access to him because you have film and Twitter and Instagram, all that stuff. And that is, yeah. I really, it's the, the speed of that it moves. And kids just, they want to see more. It's not like, hey, I don't want to go far away from home. It's, hey, sure. I want to go. If I'm a kid in California, Florida intrigues me. And I, that brand yeah. travels. Right, right. <laughs> um, so we talked about, you know, kind of relating with the guys now, um, you know, going, going, you know, to these guys' games, um, seeing them on Twitter, seeing how they interact with, with their friends and whatnot. Um, how important is it to kind of um, somewhat relate with, to, with these guys when you're, when you're recruiting them? I think it's it's I'd say it's a very big part because at the end of the day, I know what my you know, when I was going through this, all I want to know is that one um, that I was going to be taken care of in terms of 
a relationship with that coach. Like at the end of the day, that person cares about me, that they, that their dream, that my dreams and goals become their dreams and goals. And it's easy in an industry that is, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that change year to year for someone to come into your house and say, Hey, I'm going to be there for you regardless of, uh, you know, circumstance. And I think that being a, a coach's kid who saw my dad every day, I knew, he was coaching me, but he loved me, cared about me. And I try to convey that to my players. If you ask any of them, Ventrell Miller, all these guys that have been here going on year three, I had to win them over. I didn't recruit them. And right. so every day was a practice of recruiting them and showing them right. that, I, that one, I had, I was credible. I had the expertise to teach them and, and make them better players. But two, that uh, if, at the end of the day, if, if stuff's going on with their family, uh, I care about that just as much as them uh, taking on a block or, or making a tackle on a big-time game. For sure. Talk about uh, the type of players you guys uh, try to bring in the building. Um, I know um, from what I know, uh, it's, it's, you know, Coach Mullen does a lot of um, the same things that Coach Meyer did um, when we were here, and that's, you know, kind of somewhat get a family-oriented um, locker room, um, especially, you know, around the facility and whatnot. So what, is there something you guys aim for, um, when you're recruiting these guys? I think, you know, for me personally, I I just look, obviously ability and size and all that is going to jump off, uh, uh, on the film, but do they love football? And that sounds so cliche, but what loving football means is you love practice. And I know what I hear from about your, your time there is all the guys love to practice and and like Percy and right. all those guys, like they, they might be, you know, they might not all be sold out for, uh, you know, uh, a late night tutoring session. But it, when practice was on, that was all I care about. Yep. And if I find somebody that they live, breathe, sleep football, I know that I can I'm going to get the most out of them. And that when the game's on the line, you know, and their belly's burning and they're banged up and, you know, and it's you got one play left against Miami that they're going to go and, and do what they're supposed to do to win the game. And um, that's what I look for. And uh Physical attributes are all great size. I want everybody wants a 6'5", 240-pound linebacker that can run a 4-3. But um, there's not a million of those guys out there. But you see guys show up that love football, that just get the most out of their, their bodies and, and lay it on the line for their team. And, and that's really what I'm looking for. For sure. So getting ready to, to, to start back up again and whatnot. Um, you know, getting the guys uh, rejuvenated. I know it's it's a little weird right now with everything going on. Um, it's it's easy to get sidetracked a little bit. Um, how are you guys planning on approaching to getting the guys mentally back in football shape, uh, physically back in football shape? Is there a plan? Um, I know right now it's it's, it's the unknown, you know, and we don't know yeah. a lot. So, um, is there a plan in place to 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 get the guys going back back uh, we- football mode? There he is. You know, we've kind of stuck besides um, us being able to be around them as a coaching staff on a regular basis. uh, Coach Savage has been able to uh, train them uh, up until two weeks ago. It was all voluntary from June till now. And now it's uh, we they're back and they're training in their groups and and going about that the right way, safe way. Um, But I'd say something that I noticed because of the fact that we've had to go to an online platform while we were all quarantined was that we had to talk more um when you when you come and you sit in a position room and you and time is tight um if for a meeting it you kind of just end up speaking to the players more than listening um and not that i don't listen but just when you're trying to install when you're trying to convey what you need to do at practice you're you go a lot faster because you have a limited time and so 
I noticed that guys that didn't speak as much before they were forced to speak because you're looking at somebody on a camera and you have to be focused and you can tell if someone's right. focused or not. Right. So it's like, instead of having to move around the room, I can, I, I can you see can all y'all on, on here. Yeah. yeah it's, and so I noticed that the older guys in my group were learning to speak to the group. And I think that is a big deal for me when it comes to leadership is right. I know on the field, we're going to call out a play, but are you comfortable to tell the guys around you when you got a lot of young guys, I mean, they stare at a phone all day. They don't speak right. <laughs> a lot. So right. I'm trying right. to get them to speak to each other because at the end of the day, we're all here for the same reason. Right. And if you're going to put in this time, you better be comfortable to tell your teammate what's going on. And two, to motivate the guys that need a little push. Everybody needs yeah. a push. Yeah. You know, even, yeah. Yeah. even the best players have a down day. But are we going to motivate each other, encourage each other when we need it most when the game Correct. we're playing in Atlanta against uh, a Western opponent to win it all? Correct. Uh, Coach, one of the things that I heard Nick Saban say a couple of weeks ago, or a couple of months ago in an interview was that, you know, this quarantine time and, you know, this time with Zoom allowed these guys, you know, you guys as coaches to have more time to to teach and educate and train, you know, about about the playbook and about concepts and everything else. Do you do you feel the same? I mean, do you feel like guys are maybe going into the season, you know, smarter and, you know, more knowledgeable of their their playbook? Because that's really all you guys really could do. Yeah, I really – I judge it on the younger guys. Um, you know, Derek Wingo just showed up, and he – as a freshman. So, he's kind of the guinea pig, and I, it didn't – this is not a normal summer uh, intro to uh, being a college athlete. But we right. – as soon as he graduated, we started being able to do Zoom meetings when he got cleared. And I noticed that – I mean, he got way more time than he normally would have. Um, and so – I mean, he's and he's a motivated guy, the type of guy that we're looking to bring into this university. And so, I mean, the dude was making note cards at home. He's he's like calling me in the middle of the evening. And I'm like, yes, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I love it. I'm, yes. I'm having to work. You know, I'm like, good. You know, this is this is what we want. But guys like him, um, you know, I think you see that he's come so far. He's learned stuff that normally he'd be learning uh, the first week in camp. Uh, just because of what we're allowed to do. But because we had these meetings, I'm able to slow down, articulate and teach uh, exactly what's expected and watch a lot of film just because that's what we had. To, that's all we had. So we invested all of that in the learning process and and feeling comfortable as a freshman. He he was talking to a room full of linebackers, played in, um, in some big games. And so just making young guys feel comfortable and the guys that didn't get a lot of uh, plays last year on defense – uh, Hopper and Josiah, they got football one-on-one in a slow-down uh, manner where they could uh, just, in their mind, understand better and be able to see the pieces when we go out there in a couple of weeks. Right. Um, you got the job at 27. Mm-hmm. What, what was that like uh, being a, uh, as far as, like, getting the job? What was the vibes like with coaching really young players and you were young? Um what was that dynamic like? I think that's very, a very unique situation you was in. It was, uh, you know, I tell everybody it, it's, it was an honor. I knew that it was, uh, there's not many people that get that opportunity. And, and I was, I, I look back at every step of the path to get here. And I'm like, if I didn't take, if I didn't decide to be a GA or I, a week later and they filled the role when I came back to work for Coach Grantham, I was just thankful that things lined up for me to have this opportunity. Um, but I mean, being 27, uh, you, half the guys I worked with were still GAs in, in the same building. And so it's like, okay, you're going through something different than them. 
um, and you being with a coach, you know, like Coach Gonzalez, Coach Hevesy, they've been here, they've been here before, and they know how every, they know where they're going. They're like, I was in the same office when I was here before. You know, I know, I know how to handle uh, getting things turned in. You know, just for uh, traveling, and it's just, I think that was the part that you kind of felt like you were in between two worlds. Um, right. But I think. A part of that is when you're in between those two worlds, that becomes the world that you operate in. So you don't think, oh, I'm not a GA. I can still I still know what it what how that gets done. How does that report get to Coach Grantham? How does how do we go about preparing tape and our players? That's what I did every day as a GA. But at the same time, you're learning how to be a coach and bettering how you do things on a daily basis. I mean, my drills year one, they got the job done, but I learned through trial and error. What do guys, what do guys like to do or every guy's different. So I created more to not really entertain them, but keep them occupied when they're middle day 15 at camp and your body's beat up. How do you get a guy to want to go strike a sled or strike his partner? You, you change things and you adapt. And I think being young and I mean, sometimes I got to go and strike the sled if, if, and show them how it's done. And I'm still young enough to be able to do that. And And I'm trying not to get banged up and end up in the training room, but I still can uh, I can still show them and, and, and teach them. I think that's the thing that youth brings to the table and is definitely a unique experience. And I, I'm, I'm thankful for every bit of it. What's it like relationship wise? Do you think you relate to these guys a little bit more than, uh, say, the older coaches on the staff? They can't slide certain things, uh, you know, and me not know what they are. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm still close enough in age to, to know right. what they're saying. So. Um, you know, some of them think I, I don't, I'm not listening. I know exactly what they're talking about. And I think that's the biggest thing is, is being real and, 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 and being knowledgeable of what they're going through. It's like, I know what you're talking about. So that's and, so funny. Cause, <laughs> cause I had old coach Heater, bro. He, he, yeah. couldn't catch, he couldn't catch the lingo. So we used to be <laughs> talking about all kinds of stuff. He don't know nothing yeah. about the lingo. <laughs> He's just like, wait, wait, what? You know, just like, yeah. and I, and just knowing certain things and, you know, I'm starting after being here a couple of years and, you know, I, 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 I'm not I'm not going out and buying the clothes that they're wearing, you know, right, so right. slowly but steadily, I can see I'm starting to get some space. But it's the relationship thing. That's everything I I tell. I tell, like I said, at the beginning, um, when people know that you care about them and you know what you're doing and, and you can perform the task, um, that's where you gain credibility. And when they know that you care about them, not just being successful for uh you know for for my job it's it's just hey i want you to be your best and if i get you to be your best everybody is going to benefit and i i want you to say at the end of the day i knew coach robinson got the best why you're a good recruiter that that, i think that's why you're a fan favorite on social media everybody loves uh your recruiting and whatnot what makes you a good recruiter um you know i being a good recruiter i think it's about relationship building uh that's if you're going to make somebody that's never met you that the only reason that that you're in their house because they're good at football, what's going to make them decide to choose your program over another one? Um, this university, I, I really believe this university sells itself in terms of academics and the, the rich history of, of, of games. I mean, I've seen it firsthand. I've played against Tim Tebow. I've played against, uh, you know, those guys. Uh, I didn't get to get step on the field with you, Ahmad, but, uh, you know, I, I, I know what the level of football is. I, I think it goes to when you have a product that people know about, um, when they know that 
the, like I said, it goes back to care and, and knowledge. And I, I just try to convey in every step of the way, I'm talking to mamas, daddies, uh, uncles, uh, you know, the high school coach, I, being a high school coach's kid, I was a kid in the back waiting to go home at 830 at night after practice is over. And I'm the ball boy on a Friday night. So when I walk into a high school, um, I was that I was that kid. That was my dad. That was my dad out there trying to uh, to support his community. And I think um, understanding all those phases, what it's like to be recruited. I, I remember going on my official visit. Uh, I remember uh, unofficial, the things that I liked. At the end of the day, when a kid comes to campus, rarely are am I going to not be around them. I think that's I think that's something I try to do is I'm going to be driving the golf cart. I'm going to be uh, walking into the academic building with them. I'm going to sit there and sit, talk about, hey, um, you know, Tony uh, Meacham works over in our academic building. Me and him are on the phone on a daily basis. I'm, I'm tell, involved. Tell, tell, tell Tony and Miles what's up, man. I, I will. I will. Hopefully, hopefully, he might say some curse words, so be careful. Oh, all right? no, oh, no. But, you know, but, that's a, but that's a part of the process. And, I, you know, guys don't always understand is at the end of the day, there's things you're not going to want to do. And looking back on it now, I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm thankful that a coach that that stuck with me and made me do those things when I didn't want to. And that, you know, coaching is like being a, a parent and a preacher. You're going to, you know, every, every weekend someone's coming in and, and trying to get saved. You know, and you got to keep repeating the same message every week, hoping that you get to that one person. And uh, and that's just what it is. That's what coaching's all about. And you got to be willing to do it. And uh, we'll look back. 40 years from now and see if we did a good job. Now I see the Gator football uh, Twitter accounts tweets out during the, during the season and like in game adjustments, they send out these videos. Mm-hmm. How, how do you guys do in? Cause I think Grantham's in the box, correct? Oh, he's on the field. Oh, he's on the field. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how do you, how do you guys in game adjustments work? Uh, him being the DC and you being a linebacker coach, do he work with your uh, linebacker group on the sideline? Yeah. You know, we, we got a great group of, 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 of people, uh, you know, GAs, uh, support staff up in the box. Coach, uh, I know Coach English is up in the box conveying what's going on. Um, we've got uh, our new uh, – last year we had Ryan Osborne. This year we got Trent Simpson. He's going to be up in the box and really just conveying the blocking schemes, things that we can't see uh, as, as close as we are. But um, when we come over, I mean, we're coming over and going over the series. We're talking about plays. If they had a long run – we're, we're, I mean, every route's drawn, everything is, is, is drawn up. So when we go in there at halftime um, and we come out uh, after talking to Coach Mullen, it's all there for our players and they know exactly uh, what the adjustments are going to be. And, and, you know, it's, it's not very different than when I was playing. We all come over, we all have a signed spot, we all go see our position coach. And then Coach Grantham, once he has all the information from our, you know, our GAs, analysts, other position coaches, we come together and you'll see us huddle up on the sideline and, and we're going over and it's intense. It's, I, I mean, it's, I think that's the thing about coaching that you really enjoy is um, you practice all week and there's a little wrinkle. Can you make those adjustments on the fly and be successful? And that's, that's what makes this game so, so much fun. And we got to see some flashes of Amari Bernie last year, man. Um, how good he could, he could potentially be. Where is he at in his developmental uh, process? Uh, you know, Bernie, uh, just I, if you talk to any coach on our staff, any person in academics or strength coaches, uh, he the kid is just a super intelligent young man. Um, he does everything right. You never have to worry about him. Um, but the guy's intelligence is what has allowed him to play. He's played 
I think six different positions in, in three different personnel groups. Sorry, I got my, my dogs. I'm on dog duty. My, uh, my girlfriend's a nurse at Shans, so she's, she works night shifts, so I'm on dog duty. But uh, Amari, I mean, it's just his knowledge. Uh, I, I just love he – he's, he's not afraid to hop around rooms when we need him. Um, and I think that that's going to be something when he goes the next level. Not many guys have played six different positions, have, can, can play in the box, can play out in space. Um, and his willingness and, and uh, just a great teammate. I mean, there's a lot of guys that know this is all I want to do. This is the only position I came here to play. Well, if you come here to be a football player, that's, that's run down special teams. That's, that's doing anything for the team to be right. successful. And that's, I mean, as you know, that's what Coach Mullen sells is the special teams guys and the guys that are unselfish, those are the ones that we, we, uh, we brag about and want to put in front of the team. Hey, Coach, to us a little bit about you know back to recruiting a little bit about mm-hmm. expectation setting and, and talking to these guys and you're recruiting a lot of you know you know highly ranked four star guys or five star guys according to the, the scouting services but you know obviously ego is something that a lot of these guys have but what is it like when you bring them on a camp setting that expectation you know maybe having to bring them down a level what does that conversation usually look like I think it's uh you know i some of the conversations that I've had with recruits and their families is a lot of them just want to know will I have the opportunity to contribute if I'm ready? Um, and obviously everybody knows that hey, certain guys are more physically ready um, to play as a freshman. I mean, you look at Kyle Pitts, he's been dominant, uh, a dominant player. Uh, you look at Mahmoud Diabate last year, he played as a freshman. Um, it's easy sometimes when you have the physical traits to get out there early. And so just saying, hey, if, if I'm ready, will you put me out there? And as you know, uh, coach Mullen doesn't care. Uh, he's, if you re- if he believes that you can help us, you're going to go out there and, and coach Grantham says it all the time. Uh, you can't learn sitting on the sideline. You know, you can't learn how to be good in, uh, in Ben Hill Griffin, if you're not playing out there in front of all those people. And so, um, kids have their expectations and there's a little bit of humbling anytime you come in. I mean, uh, you know, I got Derek Wingo's going to have to go up against Kyle Pitts in practice, and Kyle Pitts is uh, making all SEC players look look silly. So it's only natural that that there's going to be a learning curve and a physical curve. And luckily, we got a great strength coach that gets those guys up to speed. But um, I think managing expectations and, and saying, "Hey, this is how you're going to get coached." Um, players do a great job of recruiting. I, I, every one of my guys is involved in, in recruiting because. They're going to be their future teammates. They're going to, regardless of who the coach is here, the football players that that get to wear that uniform, they're going to be the ones that are remembered. And they're the ones that they should bring in guys that they want to be around that can help them be successful. And so um, I think that's something that we've instilled in our players. And we do a great job on official visit weekends and before letting kids know, hey, these are the kids we want. These are the guys that can help you do what you came here to do. And it becomes a cycle, uh, you know, just like – like you, Ahmad, you, you, you guys keep up with who's coming because they're gonna somebody's gonna wear your jersey number, and yeah. you want. Probably you not Probably not my number, but you never. Hey, you never know. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's wild, it's uh, hey, guys ain't coming in here at one thirty-five. All right, let me, hey, let me, let me keep that front. Right? You know, you know, I tell everybody. You know, Ventrell Miller. Um, you know, he was a kid that wanted to play right when I got here and I, he was in my office and he was upset. You know, he wasn't playing, but it, it just wasn't the right time yet. And I kind of hinted at that earlier in the, in this question. But, um, you know, you fast forward 
and you see how much he's developed and how much he's improved. And I, and all the time I said, Ventrell, just keep working because one day I know Brandon Spikes wore that number, but I said, somebody from Polk County is going to want to wear that 51 because you came here. And, and I try to remind my guys of that is you might not know it, but one day somebody's going to want to come to Florida because of what you did here and the way that you played It's somebody somewhere. And I said, you're the you're a linebacker at Florida. Think about all the linebackers in the state of Florida that wish they could come out and wear the orange and blue. And I just remind kids of that. See, Rob, what you know about Polk County? Well, we, uh, I mean, about, I, I mean, I've been recruiting. Hey, what so, you know, I mean, man? <laughs> what you know, man? I, I'm just try, try, trying to get trying to get the best of Florida to stay in Florida. If we do that, I mean, that that's how you win. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, Coach, what do you look for uh, in a high school player? You know, I think a lot of people get. You know, they look at recruiting rankings and they look at, you know, are they a four-star or a five-star? They look at what other people evaluate. Obviously, that's not something that you guys are doing. You guys are breaking down film. What is it that you look out of a player? And, you know, how do you look at somebody who's raw and how you can potentially develop them? Or, you know, talk to us a little bit about your evaluation process. You know, unless I've just happened to beforehand in the recruiting process, unless I had prior knowledge, I, I get our recruiting staff. Uh, Chase Clark works directly with me in recruiting. Um, I tell them, hey, I just need the name, the number, the measurables that we have, and where they're from. And I just put the tape on because I don't want to be skewed by thinking, oh, I need to listen to what other people think. I want to get my opinion. I want to get my analysis down on paper. And then once we have all that down and we're kind of solid on the grade that we give a, a certain player, um, then I want to know all that information. And that's really becomes where if we think they're talented enough to play here, where it becomes a competitive thing, where we're, we know that we're going to have to go to battle with other people in our league and around the country. Um, but I'm looking for one. I mean, I played the position. Um, there's different ranges of size and speed, um, but we're looking for guys that can run, hit and, and can cover. Um, and then have awareness of how to use their body. I, I know I wasn't uh, fully developed when I, when I got to the University of Georgia, um, but what coaches saw in me was, hey, you know, I'm projecting. I see he's making plays on offense. Uh, he, he's, he moves. He can make uh, plays in space. He can run. He's, he's not afraid to hit willing tackler. And the better that those traits are, the, obviously the better the, the recruit. But um, I just want to see – uh, just whatever guys do on tape in high school, that's probably what they're going to do in college. And it's just only going to get amplified. If a guy, you know, doesn't want to stick his face in the fan, probably going to turn it down. So I'm looking for the guys that are fearless and got courage, but also um, you can tell that they're executing a scheme on tape. That's something that's big for me is I don't, I don't need a guy that all he, he did was spy the quarterback. That just probably means that, um, you know, he's not very disciplined. He just go see ball, hit ball. I need a guy that I can see is trying to execute what his coaches have asked him to do. I just, I see Rob. Um, so I'm a young guy, you know, being like a, you know, middle school. Um, one day I want to play at a, at a big D one school, um, wherever, wherever it may be. Um, what should be the necessary steps for a young kid wanting to play big time football, like at the university? Um, should they should they go to more camps, um, you know, more workouts, seven on seven, or should they just play well in high school? You know, obviously there's certain places that uh, you know have more exposure. I happen to grow up in Atlanta, um, where people were coming through Gwinnett County all the time. 
Uh, my dad, I went to a school that had a bunch of other players uh, that were going to play college football. So I happened to be lucky. But I always tell players this. Is if you are talented and, and um, people will find you, it's, you know, maybe the guys that might, that might need to develop a little bit more. Um, you know, I, my dad going through the process obviously is different in his day and age um, back in the 80s. But he, he told me, hey, pick the schools that you are interested in and that you like for whatever reason and go to their camp. Um, obviously this summer was different than, than most, but, uh, when things get back to normal, go as a young guy, you know, I'm at, I'm a, I'm a freshman in high school. I'm at, I went to South Carolina's camp. I went to Georgia tech's camp. I went to Georgia's camp. Um, so go to the places that you're interested in. And you know what, if you, if you're talented, they're going to come after you and that might draw other people to come and see you. Um, and, my dad, you know, just like, why would you not want to go get coached by somebody that you want to play for uh, or might be interested in? That's the best way to know if that school fits. And maybe you go and you have a bad experience and that kind of maybe shows you the character of the person that you went. You know, I, I try to treat everybody the same. I try to give them that experience. I remember going to camp and the people that treated me the right way. Um, you can tell a lot about somebody and how they treat you when they need nothing from you. And right. I think that's why I encourage young guys to go to camps is because you can find out about that person's character. You can find out, are they going to coach me? Even if, even if I can't, I'm not good enough right now. Well, you know, I say it's about Mark Rick. Uh, I was a freshman really was, wasn't in shape. I broke my back uh, at the beginning of my freshman year. And so I, I wasn't in the best shape, but he treated me right. And he was kind to my father and I never forgot that. And four years later, when, everybody's want me to come play for them. Um, that, that was what I decided to do is I wanted to go play for a guy that I knew his character and, and that he was a great coach. Uh, we lost some uh, productive players on the defensive side of the ball this, this year with the mm -hmm. pass rush uh, defensive ends with Renard and zoo and also mm -hmm. Chris Henderson, mm -hmm. uh, veteran linebackers with Reese and those guys. What, what does that defense look like this year? Um, we got a lot of young bloods. We got Hopper. A lot of people excited about him. Diabate. Uh, mm -hmm. Like I said, Bernie earlier. Houston Ventra. A lot of athletic guys that can move around a little bit. So what does that defense look like this year? I think it just creates opportunity for guys that maybe, uh, you know, David Reese uh, loved having him. He bought in and obviously had been productive uh, before I got here. But to, to see him execute within the scheme that we implemented, it, it definitely showed that he was willing to listen and uh, had the ability. Uh, younger guys, I mean, Ventrell is an example of that. Didn't, didn't really play a lot in 2018, but he trusted the process and is a starter, has two sacks against Miami to open up the season. Um, there's guys that haven't been able to take those reps because Florida's a talented place. And so uh, they've gotten reps in practice and, uh, they've gotten some, you know, I know Hopper got to play at the, the end of the first home game last year uh, against UT Martin, but those guys are still working and practicing. They missed a spring, but um, I'm excited because uh, they're going to get to fill those roles. And like I said, playing is the only way you learn how to compete. And so, uh, you know, they're going to learn. I mean, Ventrell had his lumps last year, but he's been a great leader and has been able to help those guys that are in the same uh, situation going forward, but um, you know Houston. He's he. I mean, you look at the Florida State game. He had a big sack uh, in that game, and but that's a culmination of being ready for your moment and continuing to strive to get better. And I can tell you that the whole group's done that. There's not one person that I'm not uh, proud.
proud of the work that they put in up to this point. I love it. Well, Coach, we really appreciate your time this evening, and really thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, best of luck, man. I really hope that, that football happens this uh, this season, and we're super excited to see what you guys can do. And, you know, congratulations to one of your guys, uh, Ventro Miller, who just got named to the Butkus uh, watch list, and we're super proud of him and, and of the work that you've done. So thanks so much, Coach. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, we're just going to continue to – to, to implement the things that Coach Mullins uh, put into our players and relentless effort. And, you know, Coach Grantham's fast, physical, aggressive. I'm, I'm excited and I'm, I'm eager like everybody to get back to football. We're, we're excited for you. Put in a good word with Todd. We'd love him to get him on the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. Right. We'll talk to you soon, Christian. I appreciate, I appreciate it. it Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. C-Rob. Yeah. The young gun, man, out here getting it on the recruiting trail. The young cat. Hey, man, look, that's cool, though. You know, the young coaches always, um, you know, had a way of relating. I know uh, he wasn't really a coach coach, but uh, we had Terry Jackson, man, and T-Jack kind of, like, was relatable, told us what we need to know, man, and, and, and you know, you try to help us along the path of trying to get to the next level. So, um, you know, it's cool that, you know, C-Rob get the opportunity to, to be young and coach some young guys. Yeah, that's dope, man. I couldn't imagine being 27 uh, with that type of gig what? at the University of Florida. Uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that's a dream job right there. Only thing that scares me about C-Rob is his relationship with Grantham is real. So mm-hmm. if Grantham gets a big job and goes somewhere else, um, nine times out of ten, C-Rob's going to be packing that luggage as well. Mm-hmm. Relationships. He kept he just kept saying that. And then mm-hmm. Values relationships. Uh, what we got next? We hanging out? What's going on? It's that time of the week. Fan favorite segment of the show. Ahmad's Word of the Week brought to you by Manscaped.com. Your leader in ball coverage. <laughs> I think Keep it's it limiting ball. ball coverage. I think that's the point. No, it's definitely ball coverage, but, you know, just keep them smooth. Keeping balls sticking to one leg is no laughing matter. It takes proper hair removal, application of ball-specific concoctions, and a little bit of luck. At Manscaped, we created everything a gentleman needs to ensure comfortable and clean existence for your family jewels. The Perfect Package 2.0 comes with the, the nose trimmer, the ball trimmer. Um, my man Amai was just talking about the little uh, – vacation traveler kit that comes in it he used it um to go to lakeland this weekend so shout out to the little bag i used it a couple of times i put my toothbrush and deodorant and shit in yeah, it's pretty oh, dope. yeah. Have a in there my brush all that bro you know so i was straight yeah absolutely man so shout out to um and also too on the weed whacker for you for the nostrils you can also use that in your ears so i found my weed whacker um cam no my dad didn't steal my weed whacker bro it's actually uh, in my in my bag. So I found a weed whacker. I hit the earlobes this weekend, the nostrils, little man coverage. You know what I'm saying? You got to take care of yourself. I, I, ain't, I ain't to that stage yet, bro. I don't got them yet. So. Okay, you, you never know until you put it up in there. And then I you ain't start, put it in there, bro. Right? Like the weed, weed eater outside. You know what I'm saying? When it start hitting the weeds, you be like, oh, shit, well, I have some hair in there. I didn't know about. Nah, dog. I ain't trying to bring no, no hair in there, bro, by doing that. You know what I'm saying? All right. When they, when they start locking up, you're going to wish you were the captain and not gave it away for a gift. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so manscaped.com uh for all your grooming needs use sg at checkout for 20 percent off and free shipping again that's sg coupon code sg at checkout take care of your balls man the family jewels 
Ahmad, what's the word of the week? Word of the week, Dan. You ready for it? I'm ready. The word is lily dilly, Dan. It's the same thing as a scraper, Ahmad. Oh, damn. Damn it in the hood, man. Give it up to him, bro. Like, oh, get it from the candy lady house. Come on. Damn, out of control, man. Who, that, bro, damn it doing stuff that he even telling us, bro. He been hanging out with it, down there, bro, in the hood, bro. He ain't been telling us what he been what he what he been doing on the weekend. So when you ask, look, I tell, so you, when, I tell you every weekend what I do. I usually so when you ask when you ask what y'all boys did on the weekend, Dan leaving out stuff, bro. <laughs> oh man, next week, Amon, next week. <laughs> Dan leaving out stuff. You know who a parlay is? You know who parlay is? The comedian. No, not a comedian. You you on the right track? You on the right track, Dan? Art, artist. No person. That's your that's that's your uh my word. We go find out who Parlay is. When you find out who Parlay is, we'll have a conversation about it next week. Nah, man, show me a show us, show us a picture of Parlay. You need a picture. Bring bring in a picture, Dan. Send it in the group of Parlay. <laughs> so is it P A R L A Y like a yeah, bet man. like a Parlay bet? Man, go. y'all know Parlay ain't about to hang out with Dan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who allowed Cam to unmute himself on our show? Parlay the pot real quick. Unless Dan going to the apartment. Yeah. <laughs> he ain't going nowhere. He better find Parlay nowhere. Unless Dan going to the apartment. Dan, I bet you $100 you ain't going to find Parlay. You got to just find a picture, Dan. You find a picture, send us the Parlay, Dan. I'm, I'm a, I have I'm a, a feeling that there is no picture. Look, Dan, I'm, I'm a cash out you for lunch, Dan. You send me a picture of Parlay, Dan. I don't, I don't even understand what you're saying, Juan. You, you you find a picture of Parlay. You find a picture of Parlay. You put it in the group. I'll send you cash out for lunch, Dan. All right. I think I think right. I find I think I'm finding where you guys are uh where you guys are going. All right. Found found the video. <laughs> Did you find the video? What video? The Desi Banks one? Oh, there you go. Oh, <laughs> I may right. I may not know who they are. It is. <laughs> I know that there's not a video, but I do know it's Desi Banks. Now yeah, I know. There you, it's Desi Banks. there you go, Dan. All right, Amon, you got the song of the week too. Take us out, brother. Yeah, man. Song of the week uh, is "Rockstar" by the Baby. It's not a guitar; it's a Glock, Dan. Didn't Lil Wayne have a song called "Rockstar"? Yeah, Post Malone. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure there's a lot of Rockstar songs. I got one. <laughs> I'm just playing, bro. All right, man. Same corner, same time. Peace. Try to next week. I pull up. Like, how you pull up, baby? How you pull up? How you pull up? I pull up. Stuff in the kitchen. Let's go. Brand new Lamborghini, fuck a cop car. With a pistol on my hip like I'm a cop. Have you ever met a real nigga rock star? This ain't no guitar, bitch, this a clock. My Glock told me to promise you gon' squeeze me.
safe to say I earned it, ain't a nigga gave me nothing. I'm ready to hop out on a nigga, get the bus. Know you heard me say you play, you late, don't make me push the butt. Full of pain, dropped enough tears to fill up a fucking bucket. Going for buckets, I bought a chopper. I got a big drum to hold a hundred. Going for nothing, I'm ready to air it out on all these niggas. I can see them running. She talked to my mom, she hit me on FaceTime just to check up on me and my brother. I'm really the baby, she know that the youngest son was always guaranteed to get the money. Okay, let's go. She know that the baby boy was always guaranteed to get the loot. She know what I do, she know if I run from a nigga, I'ma pull it out. Shoot. PTSD, I'm always waking up a cold sweats like I got the flu. My daughter a G, she saw me kill a nigga in front of her before the age of two. And I'd kill another nigga too. Before I let another nigga do something to you. As long as you know that, don't let nobody tell you different, daddy love you. Let's go. Brand new Lamborghini, fuck a cop car. Put a pistol on my hip like I'm a cop. Have you ever met a real nigga rock star? This ain't no guitar, bitch, this a clock. My Glock told me to promise you gon' squeeze me. Keep a glockin' when I ride in the suburban. Was a cold, ain't had a young nigga swerving. I got the mop, watch me watch him like detergent. And I'm ballin', that's why it's diamonds on my jersey. Slide on outside and flip the block back, yeah, yeah. My junior popped him and left him lopsided, yeah, yeah. We spin his block, got the rebound in his ramen. Yeah, for me one time, you can't cross me again. 1200 horsepower, I get lost in the wind. If he talkin' on it, y'all depend, dogs will take his chin. Maybach SUV for my refugees. Five blocks in the hood, put money in the streets. I was solo when the ops caught me at the gas station. Had it on me 30,000, thought it was my last day. But they ain't even want no smoke. If I had to choose it, murder was she wrong. Oh, 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 Let's go. Brand new Lamborghini, fuck a cop car. Put a pistol on my hip like I'm a cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever met a real nigga rock star? This ain't no guitar, bitch, this a clock. My Glock told me to promise you.